This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. That's me. Here for you, here for your pets, here to talk about anything, AMA, ask me anything. Uh, if you have any um, uh, issues, anything you want to talk about, I'm your guy, and this is the time to do it. It's free advice. It's free information, just hopefully helping you sift through so much stuff out there. I know you have alternatives. You have Dr. Google. We have our concerns with Dr. Google. Nice guy, but you know, I don't know if he's always giving you the best information. You know, I always say that Dr. Google is like sensationalizing in the news where you hear one case of a bad thing. And when you talk to Dr. Google, you search it. That is the one thing that they put first and foremost. So I get calls from people about, well, my dog ate a raisinette, you know, or my dog ate a Hershey's kiss. Do I need to say goodbye and, and, and tell him how much I loved him? So it's, it's good to sort of talk to someone who, who will give you some better advice. Anyway, how to get a hold of me. It's very easy. 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Pick up the phone, call me, and we can uh, talk. We're, we're here on Skype, and I could actually, if you catch me live, we can talk about it live on air. So anyway, so last uh, week I had a, a quick story about pet sitters, and I just can't reiterate enough. I just talked to another one. Interestingly, today I got a call first thing this morning a vomiting dog, but I did get a chance to talk to the pet sitter who seemed very responsible, very capable, and I just think you really need to do your, your vetting, pardon the pun, when it comes to pet sitters. And if they're coming from a, an organization, if they're coming from a company that provides the pet sitters, you need to make sure that they are licensed and bonded. Make sure the company has insurance because otherwise you're taking a big risk. And you, you never know. Um, I was just watching a special. Speaking of pet sitters, it wasn't about pet sitters, but it was about a very, very successful woman who was practically living on Adderall. And what came up with this other story I told you about is the strong likelihood that this friend who came over to visit the pet sitter, which was, by the way, she wasn't supposed to be doing, they weren't supposed to have visitors coming to this person's house, and was on Adderall. And apparently, uh, news to me, I know, I remember as you know, little kids, when you, you hear, you know, it's an upper, except for a kid is ADHD, and then it actually works to stabilize them. But people are taking it just because they can get through the day, so they can study for their exams, so they can have more energy to go out and party at night. Whatever the case may be, very dangerous stuff, and highly toxic to a three-pound Pomeranian. So just take note, exercise caution, better to err on the side of caution than not but it concerns me. There was a story about probiotics. The second part of the show, I want to talk about some nutrition things. We're going to save that one because that's part of what we want to talk about. But um, there are some issues with it, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. This is really cool. How many times have you seen a dog or know someone that has a dog and says, no, it's a pure breed golden. And you look at that dog and there is you look, I don't know, you're thinking to yourself, look, you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings, but you're thinking to yourself, ah, that's not a pure breed. That's a mutt. Maybe it has some golden in it. I can see it, but that's no way pure breed golden. So the study out of Purdue, interestingly, validates pedigrees from dogs that stray from the breed standards. In other words, sometimes just like with people, 
I mean, how many times have you seen a family and uh, maybe three kids or four kids and just one of them does not look like the others? You're thinking, ah, yeah, the milkman, the mailman. But, But really, when you get these weird combinations of genes, genetics from the different parent, you never know how they're going to exhibit. And I've seen it a lot. I mean, I, I've seen people, they come in with their paperwork, AKC. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, you've been duped. There's no way this dog is pure breed. But sure enough, genetically, if you were to do the testing, uh, you can clearly see that this was a full breed of whatever that breed was. And it's just an anomaly. Sometimes it's the consistency of the hair. Sometimes it's their size. Look, I don't know if you remember, well, back in my day when it was Lou Alcindor, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his parents were of very regular height. There was nothing unique about his parents. And he comes up as a seven-footer. So things like that definitely can happen. They're anomalies. But genetically, he was the son of those two parents. So um, anyway, uh, I just thought it's great that, that somebody actually did the study and um, can validate that these characteristics may stray from the breed standard, but it is still a pure breed dog. This is really cool also. You know, we know that dogs can be trained to do so many different things. Here, they were studying that dogs can be trained to be highly effective as field technicians in wildlife studies. And for example, there was one, there was a particular lizard that we can't even tell or, or, you know, as far as discover their scent, what it is, they seem like there's nothing they give off. Well, apparently they do, and dogs can sense it. So they're using dogs now to track this particular kind of lizard in the field. They can also do foxes, obviously, wolves, cougars, moose, river otters, black-footed ferrets, never seen one of those, and even, check this out, even a particular species of whale. So, you know, just like these dogs can be ammunition dogs, they can be drug dogs, they can be trained with their amazing scent ability. They can be trained to pick up any type of scent. Again, to put it in perspective, we've mentioned this before, we have about 5 million olfactory receptors in our nasal passage. Dogs have guesstimated 250 million That means they have 50 times the ability than we do to pick up certain smells, which is obviously why they're so good at hunting. But anyway, I just thought that's, you know, it's fascinating that they're using dogs to do these things. Who would ever have thought that dogs can be, you know, used for finding some weird lizard? This is good for you that any of you who have dogs that have anxiety issues, no, no way. Yeah. It happens all the time. Separation anxiety is a big one. How many times have you come home, especially with that dog that say, you adopted and it becomes so attached to you, you come home and your house is destroyed, there's couch cushions ripped open, there's, there's poop and pee on the floor. That's separation anxiety. So, so one of the medications we use very effectively is called Clomacom. And Clomacom, the generic is Clomipramine. Now, typically the way it works in pharmacology and in the pharmacy business, that a company who does their R&D, research and development, And they have about seven years where when they have a patent on something, they can use that patent and nobody can make a competitor using the same ingredient, active ingredient, in this case, clomipramine. But that gives them time to A, hike up the price. They want to make their money back from all their R&D. They want to make a profit. So when you have those name brands... You know, they're pretty costly. Then all of a sudden, what happens after the seven years or whatever the case may be, might be longer, then that is lifted. And then all these generic 
pharmaceutical companies can come up and make their own generic brand. Well, FDA has just approved clomipramine. So now if your dog is on Clomacom and you are kind of tired of spending that kind of money, you can probably find an FDA approved clomipramine. And it's really good for separation anxiety. Now, for separation anxiety, what, what are you looking for? How do you know that your dog, I mean, it, it happens usually when you're gone. So it's when you come back and there's a note on your door that your dog's been barking for the last six hours. That might be separation anxiety. How about coming home and, and you still have your well-trained, seemingly house-trained pet, and you come home to a pile of poop and pee all over the carpeting or the couch? Uh, that could be separation anxiety. The vocalization I mentioned, they're barking like crazy. Destructive behavior. Your normal dog that, that typically when you're home has his toys, very happy with his toys, but you come home and your couch is chewed up, the edges of your staircase are gone, the leg of the chair is gone. So that's the destructive behavior. Aggression. Uh, sometimes if you have two dogs and they are great with each other, but when you come home one day and one is, has, has a bite on it, it could be that the one of those dogs has separation anxiety and uh, or just in general anxiety. When you have a dog that's sometimes aggressive, but only sometimes that could be aggression uh, because of anxiety or in case separation anxiety. And also, there's a condition that we call a lick granuloma, acrylic dermatitis. And though, yes, there could be uh, symptoms, it could be a part of an allergy disease, an allergic disease, it could be an infection. There are other predisposing factors, but one of the prime predisposing factors of acrylic dermatitis is anxiety. And if you notice these lesions, it's usually circular, raised, very thickened, sometimes scabbed. It's usually on a distal extremity, one of the legs, one of the four legs. They are licking intently. And I know it's so funny because when I talk to my clients, they say, no, I've, I've never seen them licking. Well, they're not going to lick with you. It's when you're sleeping. It's when you're gone. And they, it's, it's almost like a, a thumb sucker or a nail biter. It just is that energy anxiety release. And they pick a spot and they just keep going and going and going and they cause this granuloma. So that too is a sign of separation anxiety. So uh, next thing, it is, well, it's fall started already. Now we're a month and a week into it, two weeks into it, but flu vaccine. So if you have dogs, for example, that have separation anxiety and one of the recommendations you're going to be given is, you know, you don't want to leave a dog home all day. So what are you going to do? You're going to look for a really cool, fun doggy daycare facility. And holiday time, you got Christmas coming, you got Hanukkah, you got, you got New Year's, you're going to be traveling. Dogs are going to be left probably at a boarding facility. So one of the things you want to keep in mind that in many cases in, in Los Angeles area, for example, the Bordetella vaccine is what we call a core vaccine. And it is a vaccine that we use along with distemper parvo, or I, I am a big fan of titering distemper parvo, rabies required by law, but core vaccines are against diseases that are prevalent in an environment where there is a high potential risk of your pet getting that disease. For example, in LA, Lyme disease vaccine is not core because we don't really have it. If you have a dog that lives in a backyard in your home and it takes a walk, dog, a walk in the neighborhood or a local dog park, but isn't really hiking in the mountains, I don't think your dog needs a rattlesnake vaccine. So don't give it. That's not core. Heartworm, it's not a vaccine, it's a, it's a prophylactic medication. But again, if you live in an area where you're just not having mosquitoes, you don't need heartworm. So I look at a influenza vaccine as a non-core vaccine. However, if your lifestyle, if your pet's lifestyle is such that there is a high probability, a likelihood that your dog 
can be exposed to a disease. In this case, it would be the influenza, the new influenza virus, the H3N2, also the older one, the H3N8. So then you want to get the vaccine. It's a bivalent vaccine. It protects against both. Where do we see it? We see it in high prevalence in facilities that are housing a lot of dogs, whether it's a daycare, whether it's a boarding facility, whether it's a groomer. So if your dog frequents these kinds of places, then it's very important to make sure that they are protected. So as we go into a time of year where there may be more boarding, maybe because of the cold weather in the house, you want to get them out. You really don't want to exercise them because it's cold out there. So what do you do? Take them to a facility that has like an agility, has an area running around. They're playing with other dogs. It's like an indoor dog park. And that gives them plenty of exercise. So it's really good for your dog. It's good for your sanity as well. Takes you off the hook when you have to be, be out there taking them for those 30-minute walks when it's freezing weather out there. So there's a lot of benefit to it. But make sure they're protected. So in addition to the Bordetella vaccine, which I'm sure they're going to require, um, I think, and many probably will require the influenza as well. So speak to your veterinarian. And let's uh, look into the influenza vaccine, the flu vaccine for dogs as well. Anyway, when we come back, I do want to talk about some nutrition issues. And one of them is probiotics. So uh, there's a lot of things out there in the news right now about nutrition, about foods. And there are a lot of, I would say, facts that may not be as accurate as we want them to be. And we want to equip you with some more information to make the right decisions for your pet. So when we come back, we'll talk about it. Meanwhile, don't go away. And we'll be back in just a minute. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com slash dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome, welcome. You're back here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We've gone through some of the, the news, the, the stories I want you to hear about. And uh, just before the break, we talked about nutrition. One of the stories was about probiotics. And I thought, found it very interesting because it goes like this, that the, a veterinarian for the ASPCA says healthy animals don't need probiotics. 
And I like to challenge that one a little bit. First of all, it's a very controversial topic. I've talked to some, not just a vet from the ASPCA, but actually nutritionists, and many of them have the same take. And um, the way I look at it is this. Let's talk about vitamin C. Do we need vitamin C? Yeah, we do. Do we probably pick a lot of it up from other sources? Yeah, we do. But let's say, and here's my standard question, let's say you knew that we needed, say, 500 milligrams a day to prevent scurvy. If you got less than 500, then you're at risk for scurvy. And But if you got 500, then you're okay. So first of all, we know there's a lot of individual variations as far as nutritional needs of anything. And let's say you also knew that there was no downside because vitamin C is water soluble and whatever you take extra, it's going to go out in your urine. So would you be comfortable just taking the 500? Or you think, you know what? I got something that's not going to hurt me. Better safe than sorry. I don't know what my personal requirement's going to be because it's not going to be exactly the same as everybody else. So I'm going to take a thousand. Well, that's how I feel about probiotics. Probiotics are very beneficial to the gut. Correct. If you have a very healthy animal and everything is working just fine, then you don't need the probiotic. But typically, I'm sure you've spoken to your veterinarian. I'm sure if your dog presents with some diarrhea, in addition to looking for the source, maybe it's giardia, maybe it's dietary indiscretion, they may give you some metronidazole, talk to you about some added fiber, and they'll talk to you about probiotics to sort of get the gut flora back in balance. So the question is, are probiotics harmful if you don't need the balance? And the answer is no. Are they really super, super expensive? No. And how about this? How many of your dogs have never gotten diarrhea because they ate something they shouldn't have eaten? And when it happens, it happens pretty darn quickly. So do you always just want to wait until the incident? Sure you can. No problem. I would always recommend having some good probiotics on hand, but would it have hurt to use them a little bit more prophylactically as well since there's really no downside? And that's kind of how I feel. So I've had my dogs on probiotics. I use a little probiotic mix uh, with some other nutrients. And it's sort of, I have to tell you, their stools are really great. It gives them a first line of defense already on board in the case of a gut flora that becomes out of balance, imbalanced. So I agree with this veterinarian that the dogs don't need them if everything is working fine. But I don't think it's a bad thing if you want. And, and I've gotten that from one of my nutritionist buddies who is a board-certified veterinary nutritionist who basically says the same thing. They don't always need it, but it's not going to hurt them if you want to have it. If you're getting in the habit of using one of those little packets or whatever you're using as a probiotic and you just want to use it as a routine, there's no problem with that either. So anyway, just uh, keep in mind. Now, what about other things that I'm hearing so much about? And I think we've talked about this in bits and pieces, but... As I read this, this little piece on the probiotics, I'm thinking, wait a second, there's so many other things that you are being, I guess, educated, attempt to educate that really kind of bother me when someone comes in and they want to change food. And I go, okay, what do you want to get? Well, I went to the pet store and they told me about this new food that's supposed to be really, really great. That's interesting. And what is, you having a problem with your current food? Oh, no, no, he loves it. Yeah. How about his poops? Well, poops are great. Energy, ah, energy is fantastic. Shiny coat, oh yeah, coat's great. He's, he looks all, all perfect. Then why do you want to change? Because some 17-year-old pimple-faced kid at the pet shop told you that, that this is the best? A guy who has no education, a guy who's being paid to sell more expensive food, why are you switching? So you need to ask yourselves those questions. What is the problem with your food? Now, oh, I know. You know, I want to switch to grain-free because I heard that people, there's a lot of bad things about these grains. We don't need the grains. Really now, that's so interesting because you know how many animals are actually have allergies to grains? 
a minuscule percent, and it wouldn't be grains, plural. It would be a particular grain. When you think about food allergies, only about 15% of all allergies in dogs might be food-related. So now you're looking at 15%. That means 85% of dogs have no problem with their foods. And then the 15 that do, it's usually not the grains. And if it is grains, it's only going to be one or two or three, if even more than one. So just because you want to anthropomorphize and put your own values into your dog, then there's no reason to think about a grain-free. Not to mention, and again, we've talked about this before, we don't know what the link is, even if there is a link, but it's pretty darn coincidental that a disease called cardiomyopathy that we hardly ever see in dogs, unless it's genetic in certain breeds, is popping up ever since this grain-free craze. Why is that? First, they thought, well, maybe the other legumes that they're putting in in place of the grains, which are also excellent sources of protein, by the way, don't have enough taurine. They're actually the building blocks for the dog to make its own taurine, which it does. And those are the amino acids of cysteine and methionine. They can make taurine, which is an essential amino acid, and it helps prevent cardiomyopathy. So cats need the extra meat and taurine added because they are carnivores and they cannot make their own taurine. So we have to give it to them but dogs can make their own. So now that they've tested the legumes and they have plenty of cysteine methionine, they even have taurine. So, I mean, so what is the problem here? And the answer is we still don't know. So my recommendation is if your dog is on a grain diet, actually grains have benefit, by the way. Their grains are a good source of protein. They are a great source of fiber. They also are less expensive. So you can get a less expensive source. And when you think about the life of a dog food sitting on a shelf, the grains, with having some more grains, it extends the life of the dog food. So there's no problem. And not only that, when you think of what is our best source of energy, does our energy come from protein or does energy come from fat or does it come from carbs? And the energy comes from carbs. And guess what? The grains are carb loaded. So basically you're getting your carbohydrates from the grains, not from the pure meat, not from the, the, the protein in the meat. So that is a great source of energy as well. So when you think about it, why why do you want to not why do you want to take that away? So don't think about it because for some reason you want to take your grains away. You want this grain free. You have gluten allergies and you're trying to get rid of the gluten, so you're going to stop the grains. No, 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 no. It's not for dogs. It's not a problem. How about veggie diets? You're a vegetarian. You're a vegan. I'm trying to be a little more vegetarian. I'm, I eat very, very little meat and fish. Um, a lot of fruits and veggies. I'm not there yet, but I'm sort of making a mark. I saw a great Netflix. You want to see a really cool thing? Go see a Netflix documentary called Game Changers. You go to see Game Changers. Check it out on Netflix, and you let me know. You can comment and tell me what you think. I am amazed at watching this special, but it really tells you a lot about what we eat. So can a dog be veggie or vegan? Yes, they can. Is it in their best interest? We don't know yet. Do they prefer a veggie or a vegan diet? And the answer is, test it out yourself. I want you to fill up a bowl with beans and sprouts and grains, whatever, and fill up a bowl with good, good old meat and see which one your dog's going after. So I think they prefer having the meat. There's nothing wrong with it. I have many vegan clients that feed their dogs meat because they know their dogs like meat, but they don't have to be grain-free either. And then how about cats? Cats are obligate carnivores. They are not omnivores. They are obligate carnivores. Cats need to eat meat, fish, etc. First quality of food, don't think because it's because it's in a supermarket shelf that it's bad. There are many, many, many good foods out there 
that are available in a market that are AFCO certified, that's the Association of American Feed Controls Officials, that are good foods and they're there for you. Not everybody can afford. If, if, if you didn't have to look at a price tag, then lucky you. You're probably driving your Bentley or your Rolls or your, your super, you know, souped up Porsche and you're shopping at all the big uh, boutique shops, but that's not real life. And for many of you, for many moms out there, to make that extra trip to a pet store or to one of these other fancy food places for pets, just there are good foods out in the market. Don't kid yourself. And you can stick with name brands. Make sure the AFCO certified. And again, use the same criteria. Does your dog like it? Does he have a nice shiny coat? Does he have good poops, et cetera? And also remember one thing. If you're going to change diets anytime from a good diet to a great diet, from a great diet to a good diet that's easier and less expensive, whatever the case may be, you want to do it slowly, gradually over time. Give yourself about a slow transition period of at least seven days, maybe 10 and um, or else you're going to get diarrhea and you're going to blame it on the food. It's not the food. It was the way how you switched from one food to another. Home cooked. Again, you can do home cooked diets, but you need to keep them balanced. So there are some websites. There are some university vet school websites that will help you balance out a home cooked diet for a fee, of course. And if not, there are really good supplements out there. Speak to your veterinarian and say, look, I want to feed home cooked. Um, I have supplements, the Wactricious label, which is um, you have a multivitamin, you have a macro mineral, you have uh, a flex with, you have, have a biotic, a probiotic, many things you can do to help your pets and supplement whatever you are putting together to make sure the food remains, the diet remains well-balanced and nutritious. And as far as other supplements, as I said, as needed, glucosamine as dogs get older, um, there are great brain food types of supplements to keep the brain sharp, almost like the doggy version of dementia or Alzheimer's. We call it cognitive dysfunction syndrome. You have added fiber for stool issues. You have probiotics for stool issues. You have vitamins and mineral supplements. So again, when it comes to supplements, you want to speak to your veterinarian. There are many out there. There are a lot of good ones, a lot of them that may not be as good. Do your homework. I'm always available. If you want to pick my brain, you can get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can also find me or one of my AirVet docs online 24-7 on AirVet. Download the app if you haven't already. Uh, if your veterinarian is an AirVet vet um, and their hospital is already registered, put them as your primary. If not, you can get a hold of me. I will be happy to talk to your veterinarians. I will tell you that my clients absolutely love it. I'm taking calls from other air vet hospitals across the country. And if their veterinarians aren't available, let's say it was 3.30 or 4 in the morning. For them, it's 7 in the morning by me. I am on. I take the call. I send a, a message and a, a summary of the call to their doctor. So it's a great way to communicate and give you access to 24-7 veterinary health care. Anyway, that's all we have time for. We'll see you next week. I'm going to try to line up. There a couple of guests want to be on the show. I think they'd be really cool. So um, anyway, uh, have a great week, everybody. If you have any questions, anything you want to talk about, any subject, please, please, please get a hold of me at drjeffatpetliferadio.com. And um, if you have a specific problem with your pet, you can get a hold of me as well. Again, drjeffatpetliferadio.com. And uh, if it's something that's really cool, I will share it with our listeners and uh, give them, let them learn from other people's issues because that's very important and a great way to learn as well. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.